we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Man, what the hell is this, man? Breakfast Club, bitches. I'm glad they put y'all together. Y'all are like a mega force. Y'all just took over every... Wake your punk ass up. This Chris Brown. I've officially joined The Breakfast Club. Say something, mother... I'm with it. The world's most dangerous morning show, Breakfast Club, bitches. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 you're dead. Hold on. Let me Good see. morning. All right. Oh, hold on. Hold on. This is first time okay. using headphones. Hello. Ever. Just use the Hello? fake. Yo, 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 Hello? yo, yo. Hello. Hold on. Let me turn the computer on. Oh my goodness. Come on. Come on. I send you for for not being here. Damn it. I'm here. I'm here. I, I told him the same thing. I can't hear him I'm in the here. speaker. Oh my goodness. I do it without me. <laughs> Good morning, USA. Okay. Yo, 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 yo. No, forget it. Let's just forget it today. Uh, good morning, I can't hear him. 
<laughs> good morning, Yee. Hey, good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. He still can't hear you because he doesn't know how to plug his headphones in. Oh, my God. My headphones are plugged in. Oh uh, you got to charge him? Oh, here we go. All right, start it from the top, Red. Let's no. go. Start oh it from the goodness. top. Start it from right. the top. Next goodness. up, we got front page news. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Guys, if you're out there, I'm sorry. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 yo. Good morning, Angela Yee. Hey, good morning, DJ MV. Again, Charlemagne the God again. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Goodness gracious. Good morning. Hey, man, it's live radio, baby. That's why live radio is still still king out here in these streets, okay? Oh, that's why you're supposed to be on time. Uh, First of all, I was on time. You're not here. I was on time. I couldn't hear you. All right. Mm-hmm. How about that? You wasn't on time. Yes, I was on time. What are you talking about? I've been sitting there. You was. You not here. I'm, no, I'm not here. I'm not there today. But I'm on time. I was here early. I was there before you and you. Well, guess what? I was on. You're I, at home. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm bragging about that. And I was here. I just wasn't in the studio. I was outside of the studio, sitting down. Well, last night research. I had my uh, my book release uh, event. Um, you know, usually people do book releases uh, at bookstores where people can come and sign or they do a dinner. So we did it a little different. We did it. We did a little a different. Little we did it at a roller skating rink. So uh, we only invited 200 people. So it was uh, pretty small and intimate. Uh, I was about probably about 100 couples. And we signed books. We roller skated. We played some good music. We laughed. We just had a good time last night. So shout to everybody and, and, that came out last night. And now your old ass can't be here because you thought you still knew how to roller skate. And now your, your limbs hurt. No. We and got, your back we got, hurt. We actually have TV this morning, so because of course we're promoting the book and we have TV. Tamron so Hall. We have Tamron Hall, so we have to leave a little early. So me and the wife are going together, so it made no sense for me to drive to work and then her to, to, to drive ridiculous. to the place. So we're going together. So you could have Uber. You say ridiculous, the person that took 10 days off of work. Oh, whoa. whoa. We, Y'all have getting personal we have vacation. We have vacation days. Whoa. 10 days. Y'all getting personal. Wow. It was 10 days. Wow. I actually took Yeah, six don't take days that. Off. I actually Goodness. took six you know, days off. It was longer than six. It felt like 20. Whoa. Yee. Well, you listen. just keep me with the front page news and rumors. Whoa. Whoa. What's wrong with that? Get it off your chest early. Tell you them how you feel. Charlamagne don't read that well. You know how Whoa. struggle that was? Wow. Don't, first of all, don't say me and Charlemagne don't read that well. You don't read that well. Okay. <laughs> I know too. how to read that. We were both confused right. that, that seven, eight days, nine days, ten Listen, days. Listen, a little extra work never hurt nobody. I'm just over here letting my Palo Santo go. Envy yeah. out here letting the chopper fly, ye taking the shots. I'm just out here with my Palo Santo. I just want peace and love this morning. How y'all feeling? I'm, I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. Song. Whoa. See? <laughs> Whoa. Start the show. Whoa. Well, Start the show. Reset. We got a special guest joining us this morning. Uh, she's from Philly. She's not. She's well, the coach of the game. Oh, 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 oh. Yes, she is from Philly. Her parents are from South Carolina. She's she is, from Philly. She is the leader, okay, of South Carolina. She's she's ours. <laughs> she's ours. When it's all said and done, you know, and, and and she's already in the Hall of Fame, by the way. But when it's all said and done for her coaching career, she's going to be known as the leader of the powerhouse that is the lady South Carolina Gamecock basketball team, okay? That's right. The, only black, the only black coach to ever win two uh, Division One national championships. That's and, right. And I'm Dawn sure Stanley. she'll win more. Don and Stanley. she has a contract that, you know, was all over the press a couple of months ago where she makes $7 million, uh, $22 million over seven years. Yes. She's with us for a while. The largest contract, right? For That's right. From Philly. Shout out to Philly. Listen, her parents are from South Carolina. Okay? She's from Philly. She claims it. She claims she's South proud, Carolina she's too. Proud of Philly. She's ours. All right. She's ours. She's ours. All right. They say, right. what do they call her? South Carolina head coach of the South Carolina <laughs> Gamecocks. Okay. 
All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about, Easy? Right. The New York City subway shooting suspect was captured, thank goodness. And we'll tell you how it all happened. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yeezy? All right. Well, the New York City subway shooting suspect was captured, Frank James. He is due in federal court today. Authorities had been looking at evidence that was gathered both in Brooklyn and in Philadelphia, where he was staying right before the rampage. They say he rented a U-Haul in Philly the day before the attack, and then he drove to Brooklyn. They also said he rented a storage unit at that same facility, and they got several types of ammunition Recovered there. They said technology, video canvassing, and getting information out to the public helped get everything solved pretty quickly. Here is what Mayor Eric Adams had to say. We want to protect the people of this city and apprehend those who believe they can bring terror to everyday New Yorkers. And I want to thank everyday New Yorkers who called in tips, who responded, who helped those passengers who were injured. 33 shots. But less than 30 hours later, we're able to say we got him. Well, he damn sure wasn't hiding. Right, right. No. Well, he allegedly called the police on himself from a McDonald's, and he was found just minutes later nearby. He said he had been seeing himself all over the news and social media. Now, here is a witness who actually spotted him walking down the street. And he was walking in the, in the sidewalk here. And I see the people walking behind him and he have like bags, small bags. I don't know what he have inside. He brought it on the floor. I was thinking he's going to do something here. Frank James is the only suspect in the Brooklyn subway attack that left 10 people shot and 19 other people injured. They do have surveillance cameras that spotted him entering the subway system turnstiles Tuesday morning dressed as a maintenance or construction worker. He had on the yellow hard hat. He had an orange working jacket with reflective tape. And uh, he also left behind at the scene the gun, extended magazines, a hatchet, detonated and undetonated smoke grenades, a black garbage can, a rolling cart, gasoline, and the key to that U-Haul van that we told you he rented in Philadelphia the day before the attack. And that key to the U-Haul van was uh, one of the clues that really helped investigators get to James. They also said that it was a series of life setbacks and anger that led to this happening. He got fired at least twice, moved among Milwaukee, Philadelphia, New Jersey, and New York. They said he'd been staying at that Philly apartment over the last few weeks, and that's what we know so far. He had 12 prior arrests in New York and New Jersey from 1990 to 2007. That included possession of burglary tools, criminal sex act, trespassing, larceny, and disorderly conduct, but he had no felony convictions, so he was still able to purchase and own a firearm. They said the gun used in the attack was legally purchased at an Ohio pawn shop back in 2011. I was watching uh, uh, TV news last night, and one of the anchors asked a valid question. They said, how can someone be on the Internet talking about all the violence they potentially want to do for years? online and nobody investigates nobody intervenes and I, and I know you can't police everyone but these social media sites these platforms like YouTube they're yeah. the first line of defense against people like this right so they they kind of have to 
you know, be on the job when it comes to monitoring people like this. And yeah, I don't, he was going, he was Mayor, going at everybody. I said was, Mayor Eric Adams was saying that you can they take down music and things that are uh, you're not allowed to put up and that are copywritten. Why can't they do the same thing with these YouTube videos and trace those people and get an alert when somebody is uh, posting things like that? Yeah, but you you got to go a step farther than just taking down the videos. Go see these people. Like well, I, yeah, I get I, an I, alert to know yeah, that it. No, but I'm there. talking about go investigate these people. Like go pull up on their crib. Like if I get on this radio right now and I'm I threaten an elected official or you know threaten any kind of violence, they come in and knock on my door. Yeah, they they, they <laughs> knocked on your door. Definitely yes. they knocked on his door, and he had numerous videos threatening mm -hmm. people. I mean, he had at one a, a couple of videos. He had the, your rumor report, and he posted you saying whatever it was on your rumor report, and he went in on on that person. So mm -hmm. yeah, he had, he had numerous videos up. Right, and but I'm saying like you know how they alert you when there's music from a you know at least you get the yep. alert that somebody is saying those things. That's how you first even hear about it, and then you can go find them and investigate. And some of his videos had, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80,000 views. So, I mean, it had to be somebody that at least alerted. Absolutely. Yeah, people definitely had to be reporting them. And, and listen, I don't know if, you know, you YouTube... think it was after he got arrested that it got all those views, though, or before? Before. Like, no, these before. Old videos. Yeah, these are years. These are old videos. Yeah, he's been on line for a long time. Like, and I don't know if they have it, but they need a division that just monitors, you know, people Social like this. Media, yeah, because yeah. clearly this man was mentally disturbed. So it's like somebody should have saw this years ago and took taken him off the streets. All right, well, that is your front page news. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Again, 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yeah. Hey, what up? Get it off your chest. Good morning. Good morning. I just want to thank God for another day, man. Wishing everybody a blessed, positive day. Uh, wish myself luck in my CDL test tomorrow. Hey, man, we sending you positive energy, love, and light, brother. Thank you. God bless, man. God bless. Have a good one, brother. Hello, who's this? Good morning. It's Lovey from the Bronx. Living Harper CT. You know me. Lovey. What up, Peace, what up, King? Man? What's up? Peace, God. I want to... First of all, I want to tell you why I'm blessed this morning. You know, I'm a single father. My son was a T away from making honor roll. I hope you weren't too hard on him for that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> no, I wasn't too hard on him because I told him he's always on my honor roll. That's good. Why, there you go. But the reason why I'm blessed, and, and I do have your book, bro, I am, I'm a chapter into your book. I'm proud of you. MV, I'm proud of you. I wish I could have made the skate party, but you know I'm a single father. But that's a lot for me. How you got your I'm book already, Envy? I don't know. I sent, How I you sent, get Envy book already? I sent it to him. I got yeah. I got plugs in. I got plugs in. No, I'm you kidding. I your didn't, ass I didn't, I didn't see. How you gonna tell her? Get calling the radio. You call the radio and tell a bold face lie like that. Envy book, book ain't even Wednesday. out yet. Yes, yes. I, oh, I know. I know. He has it. Me next He's Tuesday. Like, book come out next Tuesday. How you, you get the book? He pre-ordered yes. it. Pre-ordered. Pre-order, don't send the book out early. I'm just giving him all kind of things to say. He a liar. I could tell. Yes. <laughs> Have a blessed day, sir. <laughs> he over here just lying. Yes, pre-order. <laughs> I'm a chapter into your book. Nigga just told a lie. Hey, I'm said, a chapter into your I book. I sent it to him. Yeah, he, she so sent much. it to me. <laughs> I'm like, what? Only person that got the book is people that came last night and, and people that Yeah, he was there Tuesday. last night. He said he wasn't there. He said, I wish I'd have came to your event. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Hello, who's this? 
What up, DJ Envy and Breakfast Club? This is Tyler calling back from Chicago. How y'all feeling? Hey. What's up, brother? Get it off your chest. Hey, chillin', chillin'. Hey, well, I'm glad y'all, your book is going good. Envy, hope you come to Chicago to see us out here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, in Chicago. I'm actually hosting an event, and I really would love for you guys to join me, if y'all can. But if anybody in Chicago, May 7th, I'm throwing a pop-up gang market. Uh, it's a free event for me and some of my gang members to uh, showcase some of the dope artwork and music and live vintage goods that we have to offer to the city of Chicago. We're having that baseline Chicago, May 7th, pull up the 6th. I'd love to see you all there. I just want to get that off my chest. Hey, um, FCC rules and regulations say I have to let you know uh, we got to charge you $20,000 if you air that. Let's get it. If we air that. Hey, yeah, Charlamagne, I'll pay you personally if you promote it yourself. Whoa. No, 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 Whoa. no. See, that's FCC. Now, speaking of the FCC, that is a violation, sir. Okay? Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Facts, facts. Well, hey, look, I would appreciate it if y'all came through May 7th, baseline Chicago, 12 to 6. It's a free event. 40,000. You, you up 40 grand? You owe us $40,000 right now. <laughs> I appreciate it, Charlamagne. I appreciate it. Have a good one, brother. Peace. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Breakfast Club. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is T, man. Calling out of Jenkinsville, South Carolina. What's up? Jenkinsville, South Carolina. What's happening? What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Yeah, man, I'm hearing all the stories about the shooting over there in Brooklyn, man. The first, I want to say prayers to all of it mm-hmm. and everybody that's sick. But yes. um, man, I, I just want to say I urge everybody to learn good, save the man, and get protected. You know what I'm saying? Go to class, get the right life, and keep it on you, man. Because like you say, Charlamagne, you can't control love people crazy, but... I, I agree with you, brother. I'm with you all day, every day. I, I, I feel like being able to own a legal firearm in this country is a form of self-care. And I I, I, I wish I wish that everybody could have a concealed weapons permit to carry when they out and about. Right, right. Do it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I agree. On another note, on another note, I want to go ahead and start off with nephew man, Trout Root. Hey, check his music out. He got a new single on the dangerous. Check out on all streaming platforms, YouTube. Run them views up for him, man. He real talent. I just want I, I just want you to know you contradicted yourself. I know. So. You, <laughs> you kind of want you to be armed and dangerous. And you know he actually owned a legal <laughs> firearm too. Exactly. Yeah, it ain't me. I, I'm good. <laughs> but I'm to All promote right, my nephew, man. I just want to put it out there. Appreciate y'all time. Okay. Man. Have a good one. Uh, okay. Hello. Who's this? Hello. Hey, what's up? This is George Torre from Blended Cultures. Peace, love to all of y'all. Keep doing your thing. Charlemagne and um, DJ Envy, I need y'all help right quick. I got this thing going on in North Carolina, a Husky, North Carolina. It's um, it's a battle of the bands for the high school, and I need 
every HBCU recruiter around the Ahoski, um North Carolina area to come out and just hand out some um, scholarships. And that's it. If y'all can help me out with that, that'll be great. Help you out, or what you need us to do? Plug me in with some um, some recruiters, HBCU recruiters. Um, tell them about the event. Envy, you, you was part of an HBCU. Just reach out to whatever HBCU recruiter that wants to come out and see these children do their thing. Well, I don't know any recruiters. I went to Hampton University, but you talking about it right now. I'm sure there's some people listening that can guide you in the right in the right place. Yeah, give them your info. Um, yeah, it's in uh, Ahoski, North Carolina, Hertford High, Hertford County High School. It's May 21st. Um, y'all can hit me up. Just look for me on BlendedCulturesFL.com, BlendedCulturesUSA, um, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of that. Blended Cultures. USA, hit me up, and all the information is, is on Blended Cultures USA on Facebook. Okay. All right, brother. Thank you. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up now. Now, we got rumors on the way, ye. Yes, and people did not like Amy Schumer's comments about the Chris Rock and Will Smith incident at the Oscars, but she sat down with Howard Stern and listened to what her explanation is. She said she was triggered and traumatized. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Amy Schumer got a lot of backlash from her remarks. She posted about feeling triggered and traumatized days after Will Smith went on stage and slapped Chris Rock over the joke about his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. And she was on the Howard Stern Show explaining what her reaction was about and why she said that. It was so it was so upsetting. Like and people made fun of me for saying that it was traumatizing. But I don't think it was traumatizing for me. I think it was traumatizing for all of us. Like it was Chris Rock's my good friend, like one of my best friends. And Questlove is also one of my best friends. Like, you know, it's this is a small town and the people who live in New York and stay in New York, like we're close. And so to see that happen, to see your friend get hit. And then, uh, and also Will Smith, who I've loved, and we've all loved forever. And you know, and I haven't been around much violence. It, it was upsetting for so many reasons. I mean, that's her perspective. If she says she's triggered and traumatized, then she's triggered and traumatized. Y'all do realize trauma is a spectrum, right? Like trauma is simply an emotional response to a tragic event. And like she says, she hasn't been around much violence. Sadly, a lot of us have seen too much violence personally, and and now digitally. So we might be desensitized. Yeah, and she was hosting, and, you know, they also, she said she got death threats over her joke about Kirsten Dunst being a seat filler, but she had to let people know that was a joke that we had pre-planned. She knew about it in advance. Mm-hmm. It wasn't offensive, It was, but she said it was so bad the Secret Service actually reached out to her about it. And I, I, I don't know, I guess the word would be triggered, but, yeah, don't, you do feel embarrassed for Chris Rock, and you do, I feel embarrassed for Will, too, in that moment, personally. But that's just me. All right, I don't like now, to see two black men doing that. Now, other. you guys remember Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet. Jack Dorsey, who um, founded Twitter. Uh, that NFT went on sale, right? And it was purchased for $2.9 million last year by crypto entrepreneur Sina Estavi. Do you guys know that it's for sale again? Now, that tweet went on sale as an NFT for now $48 million. So think about it. He bought it last year for $2.9 million. It's on sale now. He listed the NFT for $48 million. Do you know what the highest offer was so far? 
what was it? Like forty dollars. It was actually about twenty. Uh, it was about two hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that sounds about right. So let me ask you a question. So now everybody running out to get these NFTs. He paid all that money for the NFTs and it ain't worth ish. Well, that's what NFTs are all about. NFTs is simply the value I put on something. There's no, there's no real value to any of these NFTs. But I've been it's, saying that for the last year. But it's we the know value that though. You put on somebody. Yeah, it's the, no. Every, everybody been trying to tell me no. It's big business and it, it'll go up and you can use it. I'm like man. that first tweet ain't gonna be worth no 29 million. You just don't know. Some people have made a lot of money off of NFTs. Some artists that have created their own art and sold them and. There's people who have definitely done well, and no doubt. But once you, they don't. But once you buy from the artist, the artist gets paid. But what is it worth to you now? Mm-hmm. I now might. He, said I he, might, might, he might, might not even sell it. He said the deadline I set was over. But if I get a good offer, I might accept it. I might never sell it. He doesn't know what he wants to do with it. Yeah, if I give you five million dollars for something, I give you five million dollars for something. That don't mean it's worth five million dollars. So what's the highest offer? Uh, about two hundred and eighty dollars. We should I'm, buy I'll it. Two ninety. Yeah, I, you want to chip in? I got, I got, I got sixty on it. But he also doesn't have to accept it, so he might not even accept that offer. He might decide to just keep it. Hey, if you know but, what I know, he'll let it go. That's for right. Money. At this point, he better take what he can get. All right, <laughs> that's a, that's a hell of a loss. He better take what he can get at this point. I want hit Vegas can't be chosen, Dennis. That's right. All right. All right. Now, Mark. Matter of fact, I give him twenty eighty one. Twenty eighty one dollars. He probably is like, it's not worth me selling it right now. And, you know, the price of the crypto for uh, Ethereum uh, might go up. So part of it is the value of the cryptocurrency where it's at right now. Well, don't come back here this time next year and ask me for more money. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell him wear a mask. (laughs) I don't even know why I'm just going to say wear a mask. All right. Mark Wahlberg (laughs) is talking about his movie Father Stew. And he said that he actually had to stop going to church because he kept getting pitched movie ideas in some of these churches. He told Insider that he said, I would literally move around from church to church because I would get pitched a lot. I'm not at church looking to find material. I'm trying to find some peace and quiet to be able to worship. But it turned out to be a priest who told him about the incredible life of Father Stuart Long, who was a boxer turned priest, who was the inspiration behind this movie, Father Stu. He said he was the least least likely person I'd expect to be pitching me. But he told me the story a couple of times and finally it registered for me. I realized, wow, I've been looking for something like this. It's a fantastic role, a powerful and inspiring story. It felt different and original to get people's attention. So, you know, he had to gain 30 pounds to portray uh, Father Stu. For the movie, he was struggling with a rare autoimmune disease, inclusion body myositis, it's what it's called. So uh, he also, by the way, produced and self-financed the movie. So now Mark Wahlberg is saying that he does hope to make more faith-based movies. He said he's even got a production company in the works that would focus solely on getting faith-based movies made. God is incredible, Lenny. Like God told Mark Wahlberg to start going to church. Then God said, you know what, Uh, I'm going to move you around, you know. I'm going to move you around because he don't want to hear movie ideas, only to finally end up in one church where he got a movie idea. Look at God. Drop on the clues bombs for God. Why God? God be God, don't he? Yeah, he spent millions of his own money to self-fund this movie when no other financial backer would take on the project. He should have took tithes and offerings. He said he was actually partly inspired by Mel Gibson, his co-star, who spent around $30 of his own money to finance The Passion of the Christ. 
All right. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. has pleaded guilty to forcible touch. He entered that guilty plea yesterday to a misdemeanor charge of forcibly touching a woman at a nightclub in New York City back in 2018. He admitted to kissing the woman, a waitress at the club, on her lips without consent. He also admitted to two other incidents of non-consensual contact in October of 2018 and June 2019. Now, under the terms of this plea agreement, he is to continue alcohol and behavior modification treatment for six months, have no new arrests, and after that time, he can replead to harassment and if he successfully follows these terms repleads to the lesser charge he can face a sentence of time served if he does not comply he could face up to one year in jail alright I'm Angela Yee and that is your rumor report alright now we got front page news coming up what are we talking about Yes, this fatal police shooting that happened in Grand Rapids, Michigan, a shooting of a black man during a traffic stop. The police department has released several videos yesterday to show what actually happened in those last moments. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture Culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s, she looked like a million bucks, with zero qualifications, she had a Harvard plaque, tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Wake the f*** up! This is Marlon Wayans, and I'm rocking with DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. This is The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. Where are we starting, Yeezy? Well, let's start with the Grand Rapids Police Department in Michigan. They have released several videos yesterday of the fatal police shooting of a black man during a traffic stop this month. That man is Patrick Leoya. He was 26 years old. He was killed on the morning of April 4th. Now, if you watch the video, there's dash cam video from the officer's car. They show Leoya being pulled over in a residential neighborhood. And both he and the officer, who the officer has not been publicly identified, exit their vehicles. You can hear him in the video asking him for his driver's license. Leoya is asking why he's being stopped and what he did wrong. Then he asks a passenger in the car to retrieve his license. And the officer says the plate doesn't belong on this car. The uh, Leoya appears to walk away. The officer starts to try to restrain and handcuff him. Leoya then runs. We can understand why. And the officer chases him, pins him to the ground. You can hear uh, the officer telling him to stop and stop resisting. And then you hear him unholster his taser. And he yells at Leoya to let go of the taser or drop the taser. 
And then that video shows the officer pin Loyola to the ground one more time with a knee to his back, grab his gun, and shoot him in the back of the head while he is facing down. Really awful to uh, watch any of that. Now, Ben Crump has taken on this case, civil rights attorney uh, Ben Crump, and he says that the video's release shows that this was an unnecessary, excessive, and fatal use of force against an unarmed black man who was confused by the encounter and terrified for his life. He said it should be noted that Patrick never used violence against this officer, even though the officer used violence against him in several instances for what was a misdemeanor traffic stop. Have police shootings like 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 that become so common that we are desensitized to them? Because every month it seems like we hear a story like this, and it's, it doesn't seem like it's much public outrage. It's just a headline. Like they all sound the same, even down to Ben Crump being the attorney, you well, know, for yeah. said situation. Yeah, and that that video was just released yesterday. People were demanding for that video to be released. Uh, the prosecutors did not want to uh, release this this video. Um, Why not? I never understood that. Why not? Because they don't they don't want the public outrage. That's literally what it is. They don't want the public outrage. They, they, they don't want people taking it to the streets. You know, they don't want people going crazy on social media. But even when these videos come out, I don't really see the public outrage anymore. Like the last police killing that really got people outraged, outraged was George Floyd, probably probably Micaiah Bryant, too. And, you know, uh, and, and, and that's just because of how, how brutal the George Floyd situation was. So, so I ask again, are we desensitized to these kinds of police shootings? Because, you know, this sounds like so many other stories we hear on the regular. Now, it's uh, yet to be announced if there are charges against that police officer or what the fate of his job will be with mm. the Grand Rapids Mm-mm-mm. Police Department. But really sad and tragic. You could see he's not doing, he's terrified. And he had he didn't do anything to the police officer. And what's even more, I don't, I don't even know what to do when I hear these stories anymore. Like, truthfully, I don't, I don't even know how, I don't even know how to react to them. Like, I don't know what to do. All right. Well, what we are trying to do is make sure we bring attention to it for people who may not have heard it or know about it. And then, um, you know, we should get Ben Crump on the line to discuss what he knows more about the case. A lot of times also what you read in the news isn't the full story. How does he even keep up? How does Ben Crump keep up with all of these different cases and all of these different families? Like how? Like like some of this stuff got to be a blur to him. All right. And the federal transportation mask mandate is being extended for another 15 days. So if you're going on the planes, trains, or on public transportation in the U.S., you have to wear a mask at least until early May. May 3rd is the new date. So here is what Dr. Fauci had to say. Why only 15 days? Well, I think, uh, Angie, because it's a moving target and we really want to see what the pattern is here in the United States. I think making a decision for April 18th, uh, I would agree that we really do need more time. It isn't like things are static. Things are moving. We're seeing an increase throughout the country. We're seeing it more so in certain cities and certain regions than others. And until we get a really good handle on it, I think it's prudent. I mean, I don't know what the official word has been about that. But if they do extend it, I would not be surprised. And I think that that would be a prudent thing to do. Speaking of being desensitized to things, I have been desensitized to Dr. Fauci. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. What is he saying? Huh? Well, you know, <laughs> when you go on planes and public transportation in the U.S., the mask mandate was supposed to expire April 18th. They've extended mm. it until May 3rd for now. I didn't even know that. I just thought that, you know, when you go on the plane, it was up to their discretion. I didn't know it was a no. mandate. No, no, it's no. still a mandate. And I think people should wear when you're in those close proximities. I think you should wear your mask. Oh, I, I didn't mean uh, up to their discretion. I thought that you still had to wear your mask. Uh on the plane and in the airport and stuff like that. You do. That's you what do. they're saying. Oh, but I didn't, yeah, I, didn't know it was a, yeah, I didn't know it was a mandate that expired. I thought you just still had to. 
You thought it was just permanent forever? Yeah, I didn't oh. know. Yeah, no, it's a mandate right now. So uh, it was set to expire. They've extended it another 15 days. We don't care, Dr. Fauci. We just don't care. We out here. All right, well, that is your front page news. I be lying right to now. Uber. I be telling Uber I'm wearing a mask. Yeah, don't they don't really make mask. you wear a mask in Ubers anymore. <laughs> they they still ask click, you, yeah. Yeah, you gotta click that little box. When I you know, but I'm saying when you get in, they don't. They're not like. Man, I, I jumped. I, I jumped in an Uber Tuesday, and he was like, "Are you wearing a mask? I'm, uh, do you have eyes?" No, I didn't say that to him, but I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'm wearing a mask." <laughs> Did not have one on. Goodness gracious! All right. All right. Well, when we come back, Philly's own. She's Man, the stop. coach. Hey. What? What? South Carolina zone, Philly and South Carolina, okay? She's the head coach of the South Carolina Lady Gamecocks, all right? Two-time national champion out here in these streets. I bet you if you ask her what she's listening to her car right now, it's Beanie Siegel. She's from Philly. Listen, she rode through South Carolina in that Bentley yesterday for that parade, damn it. All right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right? Don Staley is South Carolina's own, all right? All right. Well, Dawn Staley's going to be joining us. Of course, she's the coach of the Women Gamecocks, and we're going to talk to her next. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. A living legend. Philly's own. <laughs> And South Carolina's own. We claim her too, Jim. Philly's own. Okay. Head, of the, head you, coach for the South Carolina Lady Gamecocks. What do you, you claim? Philly or South Carolina? Um, I I, I work in South Carolina. <laughs> but I'm from Philly. Yeah. I have to tell people all the time, like, I, I just work here. Uh, right. There you go. You know, I just work here. Philly. 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 Dawn Stanley, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate this. How are you? I'm doing great. How does it feel to be the first black coach, male or female, to win two Division One national championships? Like, you literally are black history. I, I actually did not know that until until social media told me. Wow. Really? Afterwards, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Like, you know, you, 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 you win one and you just think, oh, you know, what a feat. But mm -hmm. then it went two and then it'd be a part of history. Um, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know, but it feels great. Why do you, why do you think you're the, the only one, though? It's hard. Yeah. Hard. It's hard for black coaches. Black coaches don't really mm -hmm. get a, you know, real opportunity to be successful. You gotta, you gotta hit it. Like even at South Carolina, we um, we we didn't get that good until like three years in. Mm -hmm. But the the AD knew it, it would take about three years, and I'm looking at him like he's crazy. Like I don't have three years to mm -hmm. to get ready, mm -hmm. you know. But the the state of the program was 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 such that it, it took a while to get some recruits in there to. Mm -hmm to really to get the thing rolling. So basically they had to give you an opportunity to get yeah. successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I mean, how long did it take you guys to get, to get yeah, this? It took, like two years. Just two years. Longer than that. Two um, years to really get it get going. Yeah, first year we sucked. They were but talking about firing us. But you on every single day, five days a week, like nonstop of trying to get better. And, yep. and That's the same yeah. thing as coaching. Yeah. Like, we're seven right. days a week. Mm -hmm. We got to, we got to, you don't get that, you know, that opportunity. But when you do, like, you know, people are going to try to be like y'all. Mm -hmm. right. But let's talk about the start because you started off as a player. So let's talk about your start as a player and what made you want to coach. Because you said it was so difficult, so hard yeah. to get in. And you didn't even want to be a coach at first. I right? did not. I did not. Well, I mean, I, I've been very fortunate. I grew up, I grew up in in North Philly, in the projects in North Philly. So, in Philly, so it's a it's a lifestyle. Sports mm -hmm. is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So you grow up, you watch, you know, the Sixers, the Flyers, the Phillies, everybody, and then you live out your dream 
in the hood. Mm -hmm. Like I played football, I played basketball, I played softball, I played baseball. So I was just really in the sports. And that, fortunately for me, you know, I use that to just kind of occupy because you can you can get into a whole lot of things mm -hmm. um, growing up in the city. And then I got my first college letter from um, it was actually from like Dartmouth. Dartmouth like, University, uh huh. Yeah, I, I I would not have survived there from an <laughs> academic standpoint. <laughs> Athletically, yeah. And then I was like, hey, I think I got something. I I can do something. I'm pretty good at at this this basketball thing. Mm -hmm. And then you don't realize how good you are until you go outside of Philly, you know, and, and people verify mm -hmm. that you're you're pretty good. Mm -hmm. And and once I had the story basketball career, you you think you're gonna play forever. And then somebody saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, and that was coaching. I didn't want to be a coach. Like I had great coaches, mm -hmm. but I didn't see myself being a coach, and especially being a coach. You know, I've been a coach now for 22 years. So mm -hmm. when I was 30, 29, 30, um, I was still playing in the WNBA. So I'm like, I, I can't be responsible for, you know, young people that are just near my age because mm -hmm. I'm 30. They're 18 to 22. I'm younger than their parents. I just felt the responsibility of being responsible for them was overwhelming. And then I got challenged mm -hmm. to turn the Temple Women's Basketball Program around. And then I never looked at it as a challenge. And when wow. I did, I was like, hook, line, and sinker. Let me go do this. Who was the first person that saw it in you and said, you know what, you got the ability to be a coach? Everybody used to say it, mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a player, but I, I never saw it for myself until mm – -hmm. Until the AD, the, I mean, he's he's deceased now, but I always give him credit for just approaching me with it and and finding the very thing that that drives me and that's challenges. Mm -hmm. So when he did that, I was like, oh, like, and he suckered me into it too. Like he <laughs> he did. Like he, the Final Four was in Philly in 2000. I was I was with the the, the U.S. Olympic team mm -hmm. training there. We had a scrimmage, and he said, well, won't you just come over and just basically tell me no. So I'm like, I'm from Philly. I can't. It's hometown. Let me let me walk over there and and speak with him. And then he sat me down, asked me two questions. One was, can you lead? I'm basically the captain on every team that I've been on. I'm yeah. a point guard. Mm -hmm. That that's my position. So I was like, yeah. And then he was like, can you turn this women's basketball program around? And I was like, was that a challenge? Mm -hmm. And um, and I didn't answer. I didn't answer. And then he told me to, can you just kind of walk down the hall with me, you know, to meet some other people? And I'm walking down the hall. Like, I've never been on an interview. This became an interview, and mm -hmm. I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. So I walked down the hall, went into the conference room, and it's like 10 or 12 people sitting around this conference room, and they sit me at the head of the table, and they just started firing questions. Like, what do you see yourself doing in five years? And I'm just like, playing. I'm, I'm still playing. At this point, w you're still playing. Right. I'm playing, playing yes. Playing and coaching. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like not really giving them the answers mm -hmm. that they want. You didn't really have they, any. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I had a job. I didn't really need like, a job. You guys are recruiting me. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I think they really liked the frankness of my, my answers. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, two weeks later, I took the job. Mm -hmm. And it's it's been like my second skin. Like, I, I get, I know I help a lot of young people by being a dream merchant for them. But I get, I get gratification when I, I just, I, I was at the WNBA draft. Mm -hmm. Destiny and, Henderson. Yeah, she got drafted 20th in the draft. I thought she went a little late, um, you know. But she's a, you know, she's a fighter to 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 be in this place of seeing 
my my players' faces when they're able to check off a, a lifelong dream, you know, is so gratifying. Like, so that, that's why it was important for you to be here? This yeah. Year? yeah. That's why it's important. How was it in the beginning when you first started as getting adjusted as a coach? I just treated it like a huddle. Like I'm a point guard, so I used to control the huddles. So I just treated everything like a huddle. Like I'm just speaking on what I see, what we need to do. And then once we started playing games, there are like long timeouts, like media timeouts. They're like two and a half minutes. And I would be done in like 30 seconds. And we'd just be sitting there like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm done. And they, be, they they look at me like, you know, you're actually supposed to be saying more than what you're saying. <laughs> but I was done. But now, you know, being 22 years, and I can fill up a, a media timeout and then so. Now going to South Carolina, how was that leaving Philly and, and taking that position? Yeah. Well, I I thought when I when I left when we left Philly Temple, we could never get past the second round in NCAA tournament. Like we we would lose in the first or second round because we we didn't have the talent. Mm-hmm. We we could mm-hmm. outwork you, but we got out talented. And I you know being a competitor that I am, I, I wanted to win a national championship, and I didn't think we could do it at Temple because I didn't think we could get people to come to the city like it's it's north philly mm-hmm. and it's you know if you're a parent you you know you you shy away from sending your kid hood. yeah so then i went to south carolina because it was a traditional campus pretty cool city like it's a cool city out of all the southern cities it's a pretty nice city love the metro yeah and and i just thought we could we could pull in some some talent being there but the first three years i thought it was professional suicide really Seriously. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have players. And the players that we had didn't really understand what we were trying to accomplish. They thought it was like a hobby. Like, do we gotta practice every day? Do we have to do this? Now now that they see where the program has has been as successful as we have, they they see it differently. They they come back and they see I this is what you were try, this is what you were trying to get us to do. And it's you know, it's, it's beautiful though to see the it's the evolution of our, our program. All right, we got more with Dawn Staley. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Dawn Staley. Charlemagne. I love how you, you know, big up all your players, even when y'all won this year, you bigged up everybody that sat on the bench. Mm-hmm. So I want I, I want to ask how important was uh was Asia Wilson the change in the culture of the a- Lady Game Cup? Asia she was the number one high school player in the country, just in little old South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And she legitimized our program, mm-hmm. being the number one, staying at home, um, believing in our vision for her and and our vision for our program. Like it it, it really wasn't Asia, it was a it was a mom that really was the one that said, you know, she tried to say, I'm gonna go somewhere else besides South Carolina. And her mom was like, <laughs> Well, you go down there. And you tell Dawn, MF, and Staley that you ain't going. <laughs> Seriously. That's, that, that's what she said. You go down there, you tell her, because I'm not. Mm-hmm. And but, but I think we put Asia in a position where it, mm-hmm. was, it was hard for her to tell us no. Because mm-hmm. we, you know, we had a great crowd. You know, we were going to the NCAA tournament. And we were nearing, like, getting to the Final Four mm-hmm. and, and winning a national championship. So, you know, now, and now she's got a statue there. A statue. There. Statue, like if if Asia wanted to come back, she could probably run for mayor, governor easily, easily. So I'm glad she did it in her, her hometown, and um, she put us on the map, and and 
we're, we're keeping her legacy alive. Did, did your relationship with the Carolinas start with being drafted by the Charlotte thing? Well, well, no, because my, my parents are from South Carolina. My parents, oh. both parents were born in Swansea, North South Carolina. So I used to come to the country, you call it the country, mm-hmm. um, every summer. So when I decided to come back, I wanted to bring my mom back to, uh, you know, to her home state. Because all of my, my, you know, all of her siblings still lived in South Carolina. So it was kind of good to bring everybody back to the, you know, to where where everything started. Now, when you got a seven-year, $22.4 million contract. Why are you all in her pocket? It was a thing. It was, she's the highest-paid blackhead coach in women's NCAA fulfilling. basketball history. It was out there, right? How do you live in South Carolina with that? Like, like. How do I? I mean, it's, I don't, I'm not How big is the my, house, Dawn? It's big. it's big big, but you know like like i'm a part of it like i'm they've received me so well in south carolina that absolutely that you know i i'm rooted there now i'm rooted like it it will be like i've had opportunities to leave um but the pull the people Mm -hmm. the people the people of south carolina have been like tremendous Mm -hmm. like like my alma mater's called a few times, um, you know, but we've built it. Mm-hmm. And it would be hard for me to leave and give somebody, you know, our hard work of, of, of putting South Carolina on the mat and just being one of the, the most storied programs in the country now. Yeah, I mean, why crazy. would you leave? I mean, I think about people like, you know, Pat Summit and how long she was at Tennessee. Um, what's Gino's last name for UConn? Yeah, how long they've been there. Why would you leave? there's not a good reason. Yeah. You find it crazy that, you know, you played in the WNBA, but it feels like college women's basketball gets way more hype than professional women's basketball. I, it takes time, you know. I, I, you know, the, the 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 NBA, you know, if you if you graded the NBA on their first 25 years, that's right. We're we're probably in this, they're probably in the same place as the WNBA. Mm-hmm. So if we just keep investing, you know, like like there's an investment in college women's basketball, no matter how little or big we think, there is an investment. We're on TV all the time. We're on, you know, we're on, we're streamed. Um, you know, I get a chance to make a whole lot of money. Other coaches make a whole lot of money. So mm-hmm. there's an investment. There's not an investment like that at the WNBA level yet. Mm-hmm. I think it's building towards that. And I think now the league is at a place where there's only 144 uh, jobs in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Somebody's missing out. Like great players are gonna be at home, right. doing mm-hmm. nothing or going overseas to play. You started in the beginning of the WNBA, right? weren't you? I start. I actually started in the ABL. Oh. There were two professional women's basketball teams that started after our '96 Olympic team. Mm-hmm. So the ABL, which I played for two years, and it was played during the traditional uh, basketball season, like in the fall and winter. Um, and then I switched over um, in 99 because I had bad knees. I still got bad knees. So I went over to the WNBA in the shorter season. So um, Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, Rebecca yeah. Lobo, they all, you know, jumped on board with the WNBA. What was that like? Like, you know, because I, I guess, you know, if you're a woman basketball player, you think there's a ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. So when the WNBA came, what was that feeling like? Um, I mean, it was cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the more the merrier you, that you can give women an opportunity to play um, during the prime of their careers, like for most of our legends, the Teresa Edwards and, you know, the Katrina McClain's, they had to go overseas to play. Like they they build their careers and their money 
going overseas to play. And that's that's what I had to do when I left college in 1992. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a WNBA, so I went overseas and, and sucked it up. I didn't really like it, but... Where did you play overseas? I played in Segovia, Spain. Mm -hmm. I played in... Um, I played in France, mm -hmm. Tarp, France, and then I did some stints in uh, Brazil and another stint in Spain. Um, it was it was decent money, um, but you know I I'm a homebody. Right. Mm -hmm. I used to have like two. Now that, it's not like like today. Like today they got the internet, they right. got FaceTime. We just had a landline. Right, mm -hmm. and that was probably so expensive too. Two to make two grand a, a month. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's now, like that's like a tenth of my. A salary. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people blame the WNBA for Brittany Griner's situation. Like the WNBA should be ashamed of itself because the players shouldn't have to go overseas, you know, to, to to make money. What do you what do you think about that? Overseas, you know, honestly, have been the the way to go because you can you can make you can make a living. Mm -hmm. The WNBA usually is a, is a league that supplements that. Mm -hmm. um, I think the WNBA is growing. It's growing. Yes, she had to go. Brittany had to go overseas to earn a seven. I mean, she's been making seven figures for, you know, probably seven, eight years now. And then, and for her to to have to do that is disheartening. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're we're prayerful that that she she gets back to us because it's a you know it's not a, a pretty situation that she's in. But we'll, right. we'll keep we'll keep her in our prayers. All right, we got more with Dawn Staley. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with the coach of the Gamecocks, Dawn Staley Yee. What do you think about endorsement money now, too, coming in? Do you see that improving as we're watching the WNBA grow? Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Like, there's a such thing called NIL, name, image, and likeness on the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. Like our players are making money. No, they're That's making a lot of money. They're make, they're 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 making more money than than most WNBA players. Wow. Like the top level WNBA players, Sue Bird, Brandon Stewart, Asia Wilson, they make money. Mm -hmm. You know, but if you take a couple of players off our team at South Carolina, you know, the Leah Balsons, Isaiah Cooks, uh, I mean our our team makes a lot of money. They probably make more money than any other athlete on our campus. Wow. Which is pretty cool that women yeah. can can hold that spot. Does it make it harder to coach them? Being that, you know, they getting money. Like, why, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, why are they going to listen to coach them? That's true. That's true. Yeah. For for this year, no. But I think as it grows, mm -hmm. it's, it's it feels like this offseason feels more like like a pro team. Like yeah. having exit meetings. It feels like a, a pro team that you got to really talk about how you compartmentalize your your branding and your ability to perform at a high level. Like it, but it's also you know a training ground for the next level, the mm -hmm. WNBA level. You're gonna have to juggle all these things, and I I actually like it because you know life is full of everything. It's full of uh, social. It's full mm -hmm. of making money. It's full of you know your you know your craft as a as an athlete, professional athlete. You're gonna have to be able to manage all that. Mm -hmm. Are those conversations you have with with them about finances and how to make sure that you protect yourself? I I, I at the beginning of the year, this is what I did. I, July first is when it passed. The NLI rule passed, and I, I I sent a text out to our group, our, our team, and I was like, Hey, uh, any of you all want me to help you secure an agent? I know a lot of agents. Let me know. And then the ones that wanted to help, wanted me to help them, I set up Zoom calls with agents and their parents. And it, it was, 
it was a week of just 24 hours just trying to get them you know secure because I I didn't want this to interfere with we had a good team like we we were a, a national champion contender so I didn't want this part, that part of it, to interfere with this. So I, we did it early. We did it probably in August and September. Mm-hmm. So by October, everybody had whoever they wanted to represent them, and then everything that came up with anything with with branding and endorsements went right to their agents. Right. So I didn't have to feel any of it, which mm-hmm. was which was pretty good. How do you keep somebody like Aaliyah's coming back, right? She is. How do you keep somebody like her motivated? Because she has such a monster year, won the national championship. There's really nothing else for her to right. prove. Like, so what? Do you, how do you keep her motivated? You know, she's got the she's got that Kobe mentality. Like mm-hmm. Kobe's greedy. Kobe was a greedy athlete. Like mm-hmm. he wanted it all. Like Aaliyah wants it all. Mm-hmm. Like she wants to etch her name. Like if you, <laughs> the first interview she had when she came to South Carolina, and you you get the comparisons to Asia Wilson. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, I don't want to be Asian Wilson. I want to be, I want to be Aaliyah Boston, and I thought that was a strong statement. Like, her first interview, <laughs> and then for her to do some things that Asia Wilson wasn't able to do, like mm-hmm. she, you know, she got all the Player of the Year. Every mm-hmm. she swept, she swept the whole thing. She's built like that. She mm-hmm. wants, she wants to win again. She wants to win the National uh, Player of the Year awards again. When you have someone as special as her, and I do think she's a generational talent. I do believe, you know, a lot of a lot of people, you know, tend to get put give that adjective to like guards that, you know, maybe shoot from, you know, threes or you know they're just super athletic. But she's a six five. I I, I don't know her weight because she lost about twenty five pounds mm-hmm. before the season. You know, there aren't very many players that that get better like in front of your very eyes. Yeah. Like she got better every single year. So she's just she's just built like that. She's gonna be a number one draft pick. She made me feel old too because I was like, <laughs> I've never seen somebody so motivated by a meme. Right. It's like right. that meme motivated her all year long. <laughs> you know, you know, players like Aaliyah, like and she's very sweet. Like she's a nice and sometimes nice people don't get what they deserve because mm-hmm. they they'll just say, Oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So we're in the Bahamas and she just had probably a 25 and 8 game something that i think is normal for her um normal for her um but i'm just like you know i, I embarrassed her a little bit cuz i said do you know why i want you to be dominant and she was like so we can win the national championship and i said yeah that's part of it i said you know go a little deeper and she was like no i said because do you see that picture they put up that meme they put up every time <laughs> that something with women's basketball, the one of you crying. So I said, I'm motivated by you turning that that frown into a smile, wow. into happy tears. So you got to go be dominant. And I knew we were going to play Oregon and and Connecticut the next two days in that tournament. Mm-hmm. And from, from that day on, she's been dominant. Wow. I know I heard her feelings. I know she went to her parents. But I hit her parents up before. I, I did. I said I, I, I said I would. I, I, I got in a pretty good. So y'all might need to just kind of, you know, be parents, shower with some love, you know. But I got in her, mm-hmm. and I I have really good relationships with our parents. Like those are the people that I talk to the most because those are the people that have the most just interaction with their daughters. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I can get to them and get the messaging right, 
We don't we don't have any problems. Now I remember back in the day you appeared on the episode of Martin. <laughs> when the USA women's basketball team had to play uh, Martin and his crew. It was, Martin was playing against Gina, but she, he didn't know Gina was bringing all of y'all. Right. Listen, <laughs> I got, I'm no, I'm more known for the Martin show than probably basketball. <laughs> really? Seriously, seriously. <laughs> wow. Like, everywhere I go, it's like, Because they, they still rerun know. it. Right, yeah. yes. I mean, that was actually the best. Like, mm-hmm. we had the best time. And I didn't know what went into to a show. Like, mm-hmm. everything, yeah. Yeah, like we flew in like on a Monday and didn't do any. We, and then Tuesday, we just sat around the table and read our lines. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And then like Wednesday, Thursday is when they actually do the show. Like you're you're doing, you know, the acting part of it. Um, but Martin was was cool. He took us to our, he took us to his house, one both his houses, one um, right in L.A. Yeah, we played okay. on his court, but I, I did Martin played with gloves on. Like the football sticky clubs. Why? I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't ask either. Did y'all bust the ass? We didn't ask. No, but he was balling. Okay, he was balling in them. But I, I didn't know. With gloves on. With gloves on. Did y'all beat them when y'all played on his court? I mean, we just, we were just playing. It oh, was just all of us. It wasn't like it wasn't like the you know the you know the a real competition. Yeah, like we it was just we was it was mixed mixed. mixed. And none yeah. of y'all asked him why you wearing gloves, bro. No, no, like we're guessing. But you enjoyed the experience. Oh, the best. Yeah, like like the best. You know, you grow up watching Martin. That's right. You know, right? So you only know them as Pam and Gina. Right, right. Mm -hmm. They don't like for you to call them (laughs) their their names on the show. They like for you to call them their real names. Tisha and Tashina. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you saw them, you excited. You like, yo, Pam, right. Tashina. They like, ah, Yeah, Tashina. They don't, they don't like that at all. But it was a pretty cool experience. I hope they bring the show back. Like, Are you doing a Don Staley movie? No, not that I know of. Not Nobody's yet. approached you? Like, no. we got to tell this story? Books, books, books. But, but no stories. I, I I haven't agreed to do a book either. Mm-hmm. I got to do it because I'm forgetting everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Now's the time. Yep. Yep. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, man. Coach Don. No, South Ca- well, Philly, Philly and South Carolina zone. <laughs> okay. Her parents from South Carolina. Beanie Ooh, you can't make me. You can't. <laughs> Beanie got to start it. Okay. I, I got to go with both. I okay, go with both. <laughs> North Philly, That's though. They both North Philly. They both North Philly. Coach Don go. Staley, we appreciate you, Thank especially you. for the powerhouse you're building in South Carolina. We've, no, we've never had anything like that, so it's exciting to watch. And that's my wife's alma mater, so. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. Yep. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee oh. on the Breakfast Club. Well, according to the police, somebody was shot yesterday evening outside Rapper to Baby's home. That's what it says here, Rapper to Baby. It was around 7.45 p.m. when there was a 911 call that reported the shooting. It said around 7.45 p.m. this evening, a call came in to uh, 911 reporting that a subject had been shot on the property of rapper Jonathan Baby Kirk. The shooting reportedly occurred near the football field on the property. Initial reports indicate the subject who was shot had trespassed onto the property. Now, sources say it was a very tense 911 call as telecommunicators were instructing the caller to secure his weapon before responders arrived, and he refused, stating that there could be more intruders. But they did describe that shooting as a non-life-threatening wound to the lower extremity. Mm. I don't see no problem with it. No, don't come on my property. Nope. And you in the Carolinas, that's standing ground law. Like, you know, you shouldn't be on my property at all. And I'm sure it's gated. You got a hopper gate, a climb through a gate. And and he's got a compound. He got an estate, so I'm sure he got security. 
Right. Not only that, somebody ran up in my crib a long time ago, so I still got PTSD. No, I don't see no problem with it. Don't see the problem at all. all right, Remember guys. that time when uh, that dude jumped Diddy's gate and I was like, you lucky he didn't get shot? Mm-hmm. But this person wasn't so lucky. All yeah, right. You have my gate. I got something for you, too. My, my dog is the first line of defense. You cop that gate, dog's leash. I don't care about your punk-ass dog. Yeah, you better watch him. You punk better watch your mouth. Well, Gucci said you watch your mouth about my punk-ass dog. Punk-ass dog. <laughs> All right. Now, Mayno was on lip service, and uh, we were talking about role play, and here's what Mayno had to say on the podcast. I like to be like a runaway slave. Okay. I like to play like a, diso- a disobedient slave with a white woman. So tell me like what you say. It's two of them. Like It's like me getting whooped, right? You're going <laughs> to act like your master's, your, your master's uh, husband, uh, wife. wife. And I'm the runaway And slave. I just got whooped by master for uh, eyeballing okay. you. Uh, but the whole time you've been really, you know, you, you, you liked it. Anyway. You've been eyeballing me. Nobody really went along with it. Like I okay. stood up on the wall and said, come on, let's act it out. And he was like, man, are you crazy? What if they call you the N word? So the other fantasy is that they whipping me and they calling me a n- Wow. Okay. Well, Mano has since responded to backlash that he got online about it. I was like, is he being serious right now? He was with Jim Jones, the lobby boys, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, I don't know. Y'all, I can't take a joke. Hmm? <laughs> that's what Can I said. You, that's that's, you, that's, you, you ain't got no, no sense of humor? I tell him. That's what I told him, too. You, 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 ain't got no, you don't like to play around? Well, I do. Was it a fantasy? Was it? Or, this, it never happened. It was for fantasy mode, like FanDuel, like fantasy football, like I mean, just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So his explanation: it was just a troll. He was trolling y'all. And Nike has topped the most valuable brands list. They do this whole thing uh, per brand finance. And they were talking about the significant growth this year that Nike had. Their value increased by 9% to $33.2 billion. That's the eighth year in a row that Nike has been in the number one spot. Now, mm-hmm. if you had to guess who is in the rest of these top 10, who would you guess? What is it, sneakers? No. Or brands? Brands, apparel brands. I, I have no idea. Uh, Nike, what's the, the LV, whatever that company is, right? Louis Vuitton is number two. Louis Vuitton. Um, I would think uh, top 10, was, was it based off money or just? Uh, so the way that they base this list, it's uh, basically uh, the value of the names, terms, signs, symbols, logos, and designs that a company uses to identify and distinguish its goods, services, or entities from those of others. Oh, so McDonald's. No, these are apparel brands. Oh, apparel, apparel brands. brands. I would say Gucci's up there. Gucci's number three. Good job, Envy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, number four, I shop at Target. I, I have no idea. Adidas? Uh, no, number four is Chanel, but Adidas is number five. Mm-hmm. Five. All, all, all above my, my wage. Well, Zara's on the list. H&M is on the, the Okay, list. now we talking. Yeah, now we now we getting down to my price range. What about Tory Burke? Tory Burke. No, Tory Burch is not on there. Um, Hermes yeah. is number six. What about Goodfella t-shirts from Target? No, Cartier nope, is number nine, and Unique Low is number ten. No Goodfellas from Target on there? No, not in the uh, top ten. I don't know nothing about that. No Hugo Boss? Actually, the Hugo Bus uh, has been coming up, and they actually made um, they've made some noise, but they're not in the top ten. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Missy Charlemagne. Who are you giving that donkey to? You know, man. Uh, four after the hour, we really need to talk uh, rainbows. Okay, <laughs> let's talk rainbows. Not just rainbows, but people are losing their collective minds, and they're arguing and debating about things they really have no business arguing and debating about. But we'll talk about it four after the hour.
My daughter likes rainbows. She should. Okay. All right. All right. We'll get to it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. I teamed up with Zyrtec for this allergy relief message. Springtime brings vibrancy to the air and pollen. So I take Zyrtec when allergy symptoms start. Save the tissues and live vibrantly with Zyrtec. Starts working at hour one and stays strong day after day. WWPR FMHD1 New York. And our heart radio station. Let me put a little bit of the breakfast club up in your lifestyle. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Man, say the gang, donkey, other day, man. You are a donkey. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I might not have the song of the day, but I got the donkey that. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, <laughs> hit me with the heat. Yes, the Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Yes, Donkey of the Day for Thursday, April 14th goes to the Buckeye Valley Local School District. Let me tell y'all something. We are in a strange tit-for-tat in this country right now. Okay, the whole political divide, left wing versus right wing, we have gotten to a point in this country where I truly believe that people don't care as much as they act like they do. Okay, we just always trying to get the other side back for something they did to us because I refuse to believe that this Ohio school district cares this much about a children's book called It's Okay to Be a Unicorn. Yes, this book is about a unicorn. Okay, and this book is causing controversy. And I put controversy in air quotes because there is no such thing as controversy anymore. You know why? Because it's all just noise. All right, what has your Uncle Charlotte told you before? If everything causes outrage, then nothing truly is outrageous. If everything is controversial, then there is no such thing as controversy. But for the sake of content, I'll play along. All right? Now, this book... It's okay to be a unicorn has been banned by the Ohio school district. Why? Because a lot of people don't want LGBTQ content in schools. Now this is always framed as a right wing issue, but I know plenty of people on the left, plenty of people in the center, plenty of people up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, and start feel the same way. Okay. They just don't want anyone talking about anything sexual to their kids. And this book, it's okay to be a unicorn supposedly promotes a gay lifestyle. Therefore, the Ohio school district has banned it. Well, the book's author, Jason Tarp, who was a straight man, was scheduled to come and read the book at a school in Delaware, Ohio. And one parent, one parent, I repeat, one parent complained about the event and an emergency meeting was declared 
and the book was banned. Not to mention, Jason Tharp says the book has nothing to do with LGBTQ issues, but rather the book is about self-acceptance that he learned from nearly dying of a brain tumor. No need to listen to me. Let's go to WSYX ABC6 for the report, please. The way I look at this is that, like, your kid's going to go through anything, you know, and it doesn't mean that you're, uh, 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 it's because there's rainbows that it's a, a book about being gay or whatever. Over the past few days, it's been the growing talk among parents at Buckeye Valley local schools, a book about being yourself, leading to a debate about if it's diving into sexuality. Jason Tharp is a fighter, thankful to be alive after a recent battle with brain cancer. Toughness and perseverance, a big part of the message behind his series of children's books. He has a passion for helping kids, pushing self-confidence, boosting self-esteem, and speaking out against bullying. We got several tips that some expressed concern the book was promoting LGBTQ issues and would not be allowed to be read to kids. Tharp says that's not what the book is about. I was using my, my story of struggling with it because I grew up as an adult that I didn't like myself. And then it took a brain tumor for me to wake up to my life and realize how horrible of a person I was to myself because I internalized so much of this stuff. <sighs> if the book isn't about LGBTQ issues, why did this parent jump to the conclusion that it was? Huh? Well... You just heard what Jason Tharp said, but according to school employee Kaylin Brazelton, she said she was told to remove the artwork because it included rainbows. Rainbows? The book's color palette included rainbows as well, leading this parent to think that it was an LGBTQ-themed book. This is why you can't have minority rule. We are letting the stupid among us have too much power. It's just like social media. You can have a few people making noise on social media, and people act like it's the whole world talking. You let one person, one parent, influence you to not let this author read his book because he saw rainbows and thought gay. Now, I know the rainbow is the symbol for LGBTQ pride, okay? The various colors reflect the diversity and the unity of the LGBTQ community. I understand that. But LGBTQ is not the first thing I think when I think rainbows. I don't even know if it's top five. I'm old school. Okay, I grew up Jehovah's Witness. My book of Bible stories. When I see a rainbow, I think God's promise, okay, to Noah, all right, that he promised never to destroy the earth by flood for the judgment of sin, okay? Rainbows symbolize hope, all right? Those are the first couple of things I think, all right? Third thing I think is the pot of gold that could potentially be at the end of said rainbow. That's what we were taught growing up. There's a pot of gold at the end of that thing. All right. Fourth thing I think is of Lucky Charms. Yes, the cereal. Okay. Lucky the mascot making the rainbow go over his head with all the marshmallows in it. Okay. Fifth thing I think of is Rainbow Bright. All right. I was born in 78. Yeah. You, oh, I hear you. And we had one. You had one? No. Oh, why you get so excited then? I don't get excited. I heard you. You was like, ooh, Rainbow oh, Bright. I didn't. Oh, that was Nick. Oh, Nick, I'm sorry. You had a Rainbow Bright, Nick? Yeah, I'm telling you, okay? I was born in 78. Y'all didn't grow up on Rainbow Bright. Y'all don't remember Rainbow Bright on Hallmark cards, okay, and the Rainbow Bright cartoon and the dolls, all right? When I see rainbows, that's what I think of. No disrespect to the LGBTQ community, but I don't see the rainbow and automatically think gay, all right? So this parent is bugging, all right? And the Buckeye Valley Local School District is bugging for following this dumbass parent up, all right? Now, I'm going to tell you something. The parent would have had a better argument, a better case, if he if, if he would have said, or she would have said, the book was LGBTQ themed because a unicorn is a gay horse. We are all in agreement on that, right? Just me? Well, 
Okay. A unicorn is a gay horse, just like a dolphin is a gay shark. Okay. Sheep are gay goats. All right. Swans are gay ducks. A unicorn is a gay horse. Many a male horse, thoroughbreds, have asked to sit on a unicorn's horn. And when they do, they get turned out and become actual unicorns. Every, what are you talking about? Everything about them changes. They start getting their mane done, their hooves manicured, they get lashes extended. Oh, it's fabulous. All right? That would have been a better reason to complain if you were going to complain. And guess what? Even if that was your reasoning, okay, that a unicorn is a gay horse, that would have been stupid too. All of this is stupid. We used to be a country that didn't let one monkey stop no show, but now we let one donkey do. Please give the Buckeye Valley Local School District the biggest hee-haw. I think I'm gonna stop giving donkey to stupid people and stop and start giving more donkeys to the people who follow up to stupid people because y'all supposed to know better. My goodness. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today, sir. Mm hmm. Now, up next is Ask Yee, 800 585 1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Yee right now. She'll help you out with all your problems. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep the bread. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Good morning. This is Brad from North New Jersey. Brad from North New Jersey. What's up, brother? What's your question for Ye? So, my question is so I started dating this young lady, very nice young lady, very respectful. I like her. Okay. So she gets she gets a couple calls from my ex. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I still love you. Then she get a text message. Oh, I'm gonna die without you. You know all this goofy stuff. You know that guys do after they loop, after they uh, mess up. And she told you about so, it. Right. She told me about it. Okay. So this was on Sunday. So yesterday we having a conversation again. I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, the guy you reached out against. I'm like, you know, you didn't tell him. So she's like, no, it wasn't at the top of my list. Her problem is it seems like she doesn't understand stuff until I put her, you know, put the shoe on the other foot. So I'm like, listen, how would you like it if an ex of mine that I used to sleep with is calling me and telling me, oh, she did me, she wants this, she wants that. Well, that's not acceptable. Well, if it's not acceptable for me, then why is it acceptable for you? It's acceptable for you. And for some reason, she's under the impression that that's not selfish behavior. Okay, so... so- is this a common theme? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Well, this Sorry. sounds like one situation. Um, is this an ongoing thing between you two? No, this is definitely, well, with regards to her being able to see things that I present to her, uh-huh. uh, her not seeing them until I put the shoe on the other foot. Okay, that's, but that's, then that's, she that's did, once you, once you did that, she did see it. No, she no, she actually said to me, no, it's not an issue because I don't, I'm not interested. I'm not going to reciprocate. Okay. So you think it's okay for him to just continue to do this, but as long as you don't reciprocate, it's not an issue. Right, and you know, I'm first of all, I'm glad that you expressed yourself to her and told her how you felt, and also explained how you felt, and she should respect that. If she has an issue respecting what you need from her, then it feels like, you know, I don't know how a relationship can work if you're telling somebody that certain things aren't acceptable and they're not in agreement with you, or they're not saying, okay, I'm going to let him know not to call me anymore, or I won't take his calls anymore. Is she still speaking to him? Well, according to her, she hasn't spoken to him. And I believe her. Okay. You know, my, 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 my deeper concern is the fact that there's, the re- there's this reoccurring theme of selfishness that she doesn't seem to get. Mm-hmm. But you said she's not talking to him at all. So she did listen to you. Right. But, so 
the problem is like Chris Rock described, like the the penis in the glass case. Mm-hmm. Like if you allow people to hang around, you know, one day maybe we have an argument when he calls. Maybe she decides to take the call. But so you said she's not she's it. not talking to him anymore. And look, you believe her. She says she doesn't speak to him, and that's it. And you believe her. I do believe her, but so you're telling me that you think this is acceptable, like to allow... I thought you just said she's not talking. I don't think it's acceptable. You told her something. She told you she doesn't speak to him. You believe her. So that issue feels like it should be a closed issue because she's not speaking to him, right? All I asked her to do was to tell her, listen, I'm in a relationship. I need you to stop doing this. Okay, so you you want her to be more confrontational. Absolutely. So it's not acceptable for you if she's just like, I'm not talking to him anymore and just fades out and doesn't respond to his messages or calls. Right, you don't block the guy. You don't. You don't let him know to to stop calling. It, it sounds like to me that you know uh, you don't want to. Okay. She doesn't address it. Right. Like she doesn't want to stop. Him. You know I, I, mean? I do feel like because I'm also that type. I don't really block people like that, and like some of my exes might sometimes hit me up, but I just am not responsive to it. To me, that's good enough. But you know, for you, it's not. And she told you about it. So she's being open and honest with you in that way. And she's not speaking to him anymore. I think, you know, you want her to do things the way that you want her to do them. And she's doing them the way that is her behavior. I'm not a confrontational, like, don't speak to me or leave me alone. Don't call me and block you type of person. I'm more of a, if you hit me and do these things, I just won't respond. But you don't like the way that she's handling it. No, but I'm able to hear you, uh, to hear you express it like that uh, allows me to uh, look at it from a different perspective. Because mm-hmm. the main okay. thing is that you don't want her speaking to him and you want that respect, right? Now, the way that she does right. it is m- maybe more in line with her personality. And and, uh, and when you say it that way, that is. Right. Uh, Some people are not harsh like that or brutally honest. I'm more of a, I'm a just, you know, I'm not trying to have this conversation and do all that. I'm a just fade out. Right. So instead of me calling her selfish, maybe I could look at it as me attempting to put the way I deal things on with deal with things on her. Yeah, she doesn't have yeah. to handle it, but I do feel like if the result is what you guys want, like that's the result that you wanted. Do not communicate with him. You're still getting that result. Okay, cool. Thanks, she. And so I just want to say to all three of you guys, um I really sincerely appreciate the way this show has evolved into uh a voice of the community. Like I really appreciate that. I just want to let you guys know that. I think you don't. Thank you, brother. Thank you. We appreciate you, you listening. You're the best. But, yeah, so I wish you luck with your relationship. And, you know, keep those lines of communication open. She should be able to tell you anything. I think it's good that she comes to you and lets you know what's going on. But you don't want her to not tell you. Right, right. All right. right thanks, guys. No problem. Take care. All right. Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. What's up, bro? Yeah, man. Hey, yo, so I got this question. Right, I was trying to figure out like, how do I get my wife to be more submissive towards me? You know what I mean? No. What do you mean by more submissive? Give me an example. Like, well, this is like high school, right? We basically grew up together. Like, I can't tell her that. So it's like, it'd be things where I know I'd be right at, but it's always got to be like this argument about me, me making a decision, you know what I'm saying, about something. It's like, you know what I mean? And she's already always in her head. You know how women are. I don't mean it like that, but you get what I'm trying to say. 
Okay, so you're telling me how all women are, but you're complaining that she says all men are like that. <laughs> oh my, you get what you get what I'm trying to say, though, right? <laughs> all right, give me a, a specific example, like what you're right about that she argues. Let's say it's something dealing with the kids. I don't want to get like too specific. Maybe okay. something dealing with the kids. I may I may say uh, this is how I want it to go, and she feel like it, it should go this way because she feel like I guess she's always right. Mm-hmm. So really, it's not even a matter of what's best. You guys are arguing over who's right. But that's the, and that's the thing. I feel like it shouldn't be that. I feel like because like I, I right all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because sometimes we end up getting into arguments not over what it is that we're trying to do, but over who's right. And it becomes more about that than what the actual issue is. And it feels like when those arguments continue to happen, it's for another reason. Right. Is there something else going on in your relationship? Is it Has it always been like this, or is this something that has been happening more recently? No, I think that's just like all dynamic of our relationship that was built over the years. I've like been together all these years, and I feel like that's how uh, that's kind of was built throughout all this time. You know what I'm saying? And now it's like, God damn, I don't want to argue with you every time we got we to gotta make a decision on something. Right, because that, that's exhausting, right? And that does affect right. the whole relationship. Well, my thing is this. When I find myself in a space and... Listen, all couples get into situations where they're not always agreeing on things. They're not, you know, always on good terms. Sometimes they argue. But being able to do that in a more effective way where you can actually not have an argument but a discussion is important. And it's about how you guys speak to each other when you're discussing things. And if you can if you can come into more of an agreement on, okay, how, whenever we have something that we don't agree on, let's have a discussion instead of an argument. And how can you do that without, you know, you know, some of the main things are not using the words always. You know how you said, you know how all y'all women are or you always feel like men are like this. Using words yeah. like that make people get defensive. Right, okay. So a better way to express yourself is, hey, I was thinking it would be best for the kids if we did this like this. If she doesn't agree, be like, okay, well, let's discuss and, you know, figure out the best solution. Because sometimes it is really how y'all speak to each other because you're just arguing to be right. And and you get so used to that because it is a dysfunctional thing in a relationship where you guys argue over every little thing. So you have to learn how to communicate with each other in a more respectful manner where she gets to say her piece, you get to say your piece, and then you guys are coming to an agreement on it in that manner. And then sometimes you have to give in and sometimes she should give in. Sometimes you have to lead with example to show this is how I want to be spoken to and I want to treat you the way you need to be treated. And that might even be in the middle of you guys discussing something, a hug, telling her, yeah, I love you. I hate that we are arguing like this. Because sometimes it's hard to be the bigger person in a situation like that when you're fighting to be right for no reason. Right, right, right. All right. Well, I wish y'all luck with that. But, you know, I just think it's a a different type of issue. It feels like it's not even about what y'all are going back and forth over. It's more about how you guys relate and communicate with each other. Yeah, that's what I think it is, too. Like I was saying, I guess it's kind of like over the years, like it kind of just got that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, next time it happened, give her a kiss, give her a hug. And if it's not a bit, and if it's not a big deal, or you know the ways that she wants to do things is not bad. Sometimes you give in, and then be like, okay, last time I gave in, so you know, let's do it my way this time. Ah, I see about the go. All right, I think <laughs> I'm gonna take your advice. Hey, if you wrong, you I'm gonna call you back. All right, please wrong. call me back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right. 
All right. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can call her. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and Joe Button is talking about everyday struggle and revealing that academics was actually not supposed to be on that show originally. We'll tell you what it was supposed to be. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk about a concert that the prices are falling, plummeting, uh-huh. hitting the ground. You sound happy. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. The Rumor Report. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, when Kanye pulled out of Coachella on April 4th, after that, they said ticket prices on secondary markets have fallen uh, a lot. So general admission tickets for Coachella started at 450 to $550 when they were available directly. Then ticket prices uh, were around $675. But once Kanye announced he would not be headlining, they said those tickets on the secondary market dropped to about $390. Oh, so it was on the secondary market because Coachella was sold out. Way before they even announced who the artists were. Yeah, usually it's a lot more expensive when it's a sold-out show and it's on the secondary market. We said they went to up to six seventy-five, but once he pulled out, they dropped to even below what you could have bought them for directly. Oh, I get it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the way the headline was worded, it was like nobody was buying Coachella tickets after Kanye pulled out, but I was like, that didn't make no sense. Coachella been sold out before they even announced the artists. Yeah. yeah. All right, now... Um, Let's talk about Joe Button. He was discussing uh, everyday struggle when that show first started, how it wasn't supposed to be academics on that show in the original lineup. Uh, he said it was a show with him and Elliot Wilson. Here's what he said. Uh, everyday struggle was supposed to be me and Elliot Wilson. Oh, wow. Oh, and we would look for a moderator. And then Elliot called and was like, I don't know if I'm doing it, Joe. Think I'm pulling out out of respect for you. I'm letting you know. Noah at Complex. Shout out to Noah as well. He was like, all right, I'm going to just start bringing some people in. We'll start just looking at some people. Mm-hmm. And Ack was one of those people. And as soon as he left, I said, he's it. But I didn't know him, and I didn't like him. Is that why And that was perfect. Forfeit? And Ack was dedicated, man. And once we started working, I fell in love. Fell in love with Ack. All right, so that show might not have ever happened the way that it did. And, um... Is it Elliot still a title, right? Elliot Wilson? I think. Right? I believe so. Okay, yeah, so there you have it. All right, now let's talk about album sales. Coyle Ray is seemingly responding to reports of her debut album sales. Now, the figures have not been verified yet, but they're saying that she's going to sell about 11,000 units in the first week. And she went on Twitter and said, can't complain about anything. My debut album is amazing, and not one song can you say is bad. It's been five days. I understand Koi Ray is so viral and works good on blogs, headlines, but trust me, it's all part of the game. Just ride out and stay focused. And uh, in addition to those numbers, there were some other albums that came out. Fabio Foreign, his album was released, Bible, Basic, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, and that is anticipated to sell more than 29,000 units. And then ESTG and 42 Doug are uh, about to sell about, they say, 26,000 units in the first week. Now, I saw Meek Mill did a post, and he said they crashed in the rap game out that everybody dropped on Friday BS. What the F is that? Why would you want to sell your product on the same day as your competition for a billboard look? LOL, what does that do for the artists? Is anybody going to tell Meek that everybody drops on Friday, not just rappers? 
and it's been like that since the beginning of time. It just used to be Tuesday on Tuesday. Tuesday on Tuesday, Tuesday Friday, everybody yeah. used to drop all music artists. Why does that happen though? Why does everybody have to drop on the same day? I mean, because it's different. A lot of times, it's different genres of music, and even if it's rap, like you, you'll buy one or two albums at the same time. Like I can think of like Nine Eleven is one of the ones that stands out to me the most when Fabulous debut album dropped and the Blueprint oh. dropped. I caught both of them. I know, but I'm saying, like, you could just drop on, like, if you chose. I mean, some people can do that. They drop on, like, a Wednesday. But then I guess when your first week sales come out, it doesn't count as a full week. Is it just for those projections? Like, that what's is the a good question for science the behind it. I also, guess. I, I thought maybe the streaming services only upload, upload on a certain day. No, I think you can like... put it out. And even before there were streaming services and it was actual CDs you had to buy in stores, they all came Tuesday, out on Tuesday. because I thought the stores restocked on Tuesday or something like that. That's what I thought it was. I, had to, I thought but, it had something to do with the stores. But it also don't matter to me. Variety is the spice of life. When you walk into a liquor store, it's more than one alcohol. When you walk into a restaurant, Correct. it's more than one thing on the menu. I don't care if it's a bunch of different rappers that come out on a Friday. Artist, period. I'm going to buy what I like. Yeah, but also, like you said, I'm going to buy or I'm going to listen to what I like. It doesn't that's matter it. if it comes out on I was Friday, just wondering Thursday, if, Wednesday. Doesn't if there's matter. a, if, if if there's like a artist, technical purpose for it, that's all. I don't know. I would like for Meek to expound on that tweet. That's what I would like. I would like to know more about what he means by that. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. All right. Now, shout out to everybody again that came out to uh, my book release yesterday. The book actually comes out Tuesday. But uh, Gia and I will be on the road, so we wanted to do something special for everybody out there. Not just have a regular book release, a dinner, or a book signing. We did a roller skating party where people can skate. You could get your book signed. It was good music. It was drip, everything. So shout out to everybody that came out last night. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, had an amazing time. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to get the book on Tuesday, all right? Now let's get to the mix. 800-585-1051. Let me know what you want to hear. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee, some restrictions. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. All right, now shout to Dawn uh, Staley from Philly. First of all, it's Staley. Stop calling yeah, her Staley. I don't know why you keep Staley. doing Staley that. Staley was signed to MMG. Okay, yeah, one, signed to MMG, one time yeah. for Big Don Staley, okay, the leader. Of Philly's the, own. Well, she may be Philly's own, but she's getting her bones in South Carolina, okay? South Carolina's taking her legacy to a whole other place uh, with the Lady Gamecocks. All right, so salute to Don Staley, man. She is building a powerhouse in South Carolina. That's something that I've never seen. I mean, Clemson has already has always been a pretty good football program, but like Don Staley is really building something very legendary and something special that we're gonna really appreciate in the next five five to ten years uh, with the Lady Gamecocks. So salute to Don Staley. Absolutely. All right. When we come back, we got the positive note. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. All right, now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? I do, man. I saw this tweet, man, and it's so powerful. It's from uh, Yola O'Keel. I don't know who Yola O'Keel is. She, he, is this, I don't even know if that's a man or woman, but they got a blue check. But I just really like what they posted. Uh, I saw it come across my timeline on Instagram, so I actually reposted it. But it says, sometimes I wake up... Oh, I saw Healing Black Trauma posted. Salute to at Healing Black Trauma. I love that page. But it says, sometimes I wake up and have to remind myself there is nothing wrong with me. I have patterns to unlearn, new behaviors to embody, and wounds to heal. But there is nothing wrong with the core of me and who I am. I am unlearning generations of harm and remembering love. It takes time. It's the most important thing to remember. It takes time. 
Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 